tonight, if you could make your way back to your places, remain standing, grab a Bible. And if you don't have your own Bible, who wants a Christmas gift that's not chocolate? If you haven't got a Bible of your own, you can take one of these blue Bibles home with you today and consider it our gift to you, the greatest gift you can give anyone, the Word of God. So we're going to turn to page 1163 if you're in the Blue Bible. If you've got your own, it's Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to be reading verses 18 through 24. Ephesians 6, 18 through 24 as we finish up our sermon series in Ephesians. As I say, if you can remain standing, if you are able to show respect for God's word as it's read. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. Titicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know who we are and that, we, that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Well, the flower fades and the grass withers, but the word of the Lord will remain forever. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated and keep that Bible open in front of you uh, this morning as we look at these words as Paul wraps up the letter to the Ephesians. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just pray now that you would just speak to our hearts and our minds that everything that we think and feel in these moments may be from you and that we would celebrate and know you more deeply this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, welcome again to worship this morning on Christmas morning. If you don't know me, I'm Richard Evans. I get to be one of the assistant pastors here at Jacksonville Presbyterian Church. And as I said earlier in the service, Christmas morning is one of my favorite times to be in church. When I was a child, it was a matter of bring one of your favorite toys and play with it. And then as a pastor, it was bring one of your favorite toys and let the pastor play with it. So... But it is great to be here with you this morning. Your present to me is your presence here. And my present to you is this is a shorter than normal sermon. Because we wrap up our sermon series in Ephesians, or should I say we unwrap the end of Paul's letter this morning, where he communicates the deep love that God has for us as his people and the deep love that Paul had for those for whom he was writing to. Now, those astute people will have noticed, if you were here last week or you've watched last week's message, that I've overlapped. Pastor Dustin, his present to me was that he allowed me to talk uh, and camp out in verses 18 through 20, which is what we're going to kind of do this morning, particularly verse 18. But we will wrap up the whole of the letter. And really, it is that 
bonus episode, you know? You know when you're watching a TV show and then they haven't quite wrapped everything up and then there's one bonus episode at the end? Hopefully that's what I'm going to do for you this morning. But we're going to primarily be looking at prayer. You will uh, remember, perhaps if you've been with us through uh, the study in Ephesians, that Paul spends time in the early chapters kind of talking about God and who he is and that kind of stuff, and then gets into what you do with that, the practical application in these last three chapters. And right here, he gives us a tool, a weapon, if you like, if you want to use that, that imagery for the armor of prayer. Many times in the life of our church and the church throughout the world, Christians have been brought together in prayer over many circumstances. We have prayed for individuals, groups, church events, and decisions, to name just a few. Think of the things in your own life this morning that you need to be praying about. Some of them might be joyful and thankful. Others might be really hard and close to home. Many of you know that uh, half of my week is spent uh, with people at the end of their lives on hospice. And more often than not, when I get to pray with them, their requests are for where they're going and those they are leaving behind. The great thing here is that Paul doesn't just tell us, you need to pray. He tells us how, who, what, why, when, all of that. Because if he just said, it's really important to pray, well, thanks, Paul, state the obvious. But he really goes into some depth here. How many of you realize that prayer is vital to your life as a Christian? And yet, we don't do it nearly as often as we could or should. We have a number of opportunities at the church, if you're not aware, for you to grow in your prayer life, to use uh, your, your gift of prayer. And I believe everybody's got that gift, some perhaps more pronounced than others, but we're all involved. Uh, we have our intercessory prayer team that pray for our worship services and our events as they're going on. Uh, they pray for Alpha uh, when that comes around as well, and it really does make a difference. We have our prayer chains. I know a number of you will have probably put a prayer request on the prayer chain over the years and felt those prayers. Um, we have prayer meetings. We have prayer groups. We have times of the week when people pray at the historic church. Just a few days ago, some of the Stephen ministers and other leaders uh, met there, and anybody who wanted to come could come and be prayed for. Discipleship groups, and we have our connect cards that you can write a prayer request on, and the staff diligently pray for those. I still remember several years ago when a member of our church, who'd been a member for many years, walked into my office and said, Richard, I need to know I need to learn how to pray better. And we went through a book uh, for 28 days to get deepening our prayer lives. And that wasn't just a great experience for this church member. It was a great experience for me as well. I say all of that to encourage you. And later on, I'm going to give you an opportunity and an exercise. So be prepared for that. But as I say, in these short verses at the end of Ephesians, Paul really goes into the when, why, how, who, and what of prayer, lays it out as an important spiritual discipline for us. It's part of the battle. Pastor Dustin spoke last week about the whole armor of God and that we are in a spiritual battle. And what do you do when you put on the armor? How do you put it on? You put it on with prayer. 
because that's how it stays on. That's how it keeps functioning well. Otherwise, we might as well just be putting on a fancy dress. George Duffield, in 1858, wrote the hymn, Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus. It was when I grew up. Would anybody else know that hymn? Okay, there's a few of us, right? Okay. So in verse 3, he encapsulates this well when he says, Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Stand in his strength alone. The arm of flesh will fail you. Ye dare not trust your own. Put on the gospel armor. Each piece put on with prayer. When duty calls or danger, be never wanting there. So the challenge for all of us is, does prayer play an important role in your walk with Jesus? I read a story that illustrates this well. Who doesn't love a story, right? Early African converts to Christianity were earnest and regular in private devotions. Each one reportedly had a separate spot in the thicket where he would pour out his heart to God. Over time, the paths to those places became well-worn. As a result, if one of these believers began to neglect prayer, it was soon apparent to others. They would kindly remind the neglectful one, brother, the grass grows on your path. Is your path well-trodden or is the grass growing? Now, as we've said many times, when we read in Scripture any sort of repetition within a short space of time, it's important. It's there for a reason. And Paul, in verse 18, and this is where we're going to camp out just for a few minutes this morning, uh, has four times he says the word all. So we're going to look at those four alls. If you're a note taker, if you've got something to write on, if you brought your own notebook like my wife does every week, uh, you might want to note down these four alls as we go through verse 18. Verse 18, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So the first one, we pray at all times in the spirit, at all times in the spirit. At all times, in all situations, and yet sometimes it can be Uh, easier to pray in some circumstances and some situations rather than others. And that's not wrong, of course. We all have our perhaps our favorite time of day to pray. Some people wake up in the morning and that's the first thing they do or the last thing they do at night. I've told some of you before, if you've been here around here a few years, you know that I pray about 3 a.m. when I wake up and I've got things flowing through my mind and I've realized over the years that the best thing to do there is just to lift them up to the Lord and if there is, if I wake up and there isn't anything flowing in my mind then I need him in my mind so it's another great opportunity to pray but we should also be praying throughout the day often I drive past perhaps where some of you work or live and I will often think oh I'll pray for that person or I'll pray for this person just be aware when I'm driving I keep my eyes open So we're, also to, we're not only told to pray at all times, but we're also told to pray at all times in the Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit. He is, after all, given to us as our helper. Paul, again, this time in Romans 8, 26 and 27, says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words, 
And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. More than just a helper, but praying for us as well as with us. I cannot tell you the number of times that I've been sat in a prayer meeting over the years, the type where you sit around and people kind of just popcorn prayer in. And just as I'm thinking, oh, there's a lull, I'm going to pray for this situation or that person, somebody next to me prays for exactly what I was going to pray for. When I was younger, I used to think, now I've got to think of something else. (laughs) I realized as I matured in my faith, and trust me, I'm still maturing, um, It just means that the Spirit really wanted that thing prayed for. And it doesn't matter if I then pray for it as well. But there's great encouragement and power in agreeing with others in prayer and praying together. Think of Jesus' words in Matthew 18, 19 and 20. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Jesus himself is there when we pray. The next all, with all prayer and supplication, with all prayer and supplication. We're to pray with all types of prayers, all supplications. We often think of prayers just being the ones that we, that we know, like the Lord's Prayer, or just a time of speaking to the Lord, or maybe perhaps listening to him. But we can read the prayers of others. Many of you know that a number of us on staff read the Valley of Vision, you know, quite often the Puritans' prayers, and they're beautiful, heart-wrenching prayers, and we can pray them, even though somebody else wrote them so long ago. Of course, we've got the prayers in the Bible. We have the words of Psalms and other passages, but we can also sing. Our, Our songs of worship can be prayer and be prayerful. I love Psalm 46.10 that says, be still and know that I am God. Being still is an attitude of prayer. Many of you have heard the acronym of ACTS, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving and Supplication as a guide for what to include in our prayers. We acknowledge who we are praying to by giving him the praise first. We confess to remove any barriers between us. We give thanks for everything he supplies and is active in our lives and we lift our requests to him. Or, again, if you've been here a while, you know that I I was taught to pray with a different acronym. Stop. Sorry. Thank you. Others. Please. Basically the same thing. But the other thing about stop is what do you do when you pray? You stop everything else that you're doing. Everyone thinks there's multitasking, there isn't. There's just rapidly moving from one thing to the next. But when we pray, to stop, even for a moment, and just concentrate on him. In our worship services, we have different kinds of prayers. We have prayers of confession, we have prayers of the people, we have pastoral prayer, we have prayers of blessing, we have silent prayers, songs, readings of the word. And outside of a worship service, I know that I have prayed with many of you over the phone over the years for different reasons at different times, for healing, for wisdom, for guidance, for comfort, for protection, for joy, even times of silence. Yes, even on a phone. It seems a little weird on a phone. But being silent together and just agreeing in the Lord and listening for him, so, so important. Now, as I said, I 
want to give you a heads up after, towards the very end of the sermon, you're going to actively pray with people around you. So I'm just giving you a heads up to be thinking about that. Okay, back to the alls. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance. We are to pray with all perseverance. One of the first sermons I ever wrote, half my lifetime ago, it's not that long ago really, uh, <laughs> was entitled Keep On Praying. And it was based out of Luke 18, 1. And if you know Luke's gospel, Luke 18 begins with the narrative of the persistent uh, widow and uh, it keeps going to the judge, wanting justice, and eventually he gives the justice. And how much more will God give us what we ask when we go to him in prayer? So basically that encouragement to keep on praying. Don't give up. Don't be deterred when it doesn't seem like there's an answer or it seems like it's not the answer that we want. Remember, there's yes, there's no, and there's wait. Truly, we're encouraged to never stop praying. So pray with all perseverance. And then the final all, making supplication for all the saints. We're to pray for all the saints. Here's a story for you. Attending church in the South in the 1980s, there was an especially verbal and boisterous child being hurried out, slung under his irate father's arm. No one in the corrugation so much as raised an eyebrow until the child captured everyone's attention by crying out in his charming southern accent, y'all pray for me now. <laughs> I neither can confirm or deny who that child was. We pray, we can pray for all Christians everywhere in general terms. Of course we can and we often do. In the prayers of the people, we pray for the persecuted church throughout the world. We pray for another church here locally in the valley. We pray for our missionaries and we pray for our congregation. Often, we at our staff meetings pray through the church directory a few names at a time. What would it look like for you to get hold of a church directory and pray through a page a day? Just lift those names up to the Lord. Some of you may be forgiven for thinking that prayer is the activity of the few and that God hears some prayers more than others. Well, there's a parable about that. The parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, again, follows on in Luke's Gospel, chapter 18, which was the effective prayer, the one that was simple and heartfelt. Again, the words, although important, not as important as praying in the Spirit. Okay, so we've looked at all those four alls that Paul mentions. Let's see what he goes on to ask next. Well, he asks for prayer for himself. Verse 19, And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Encourages us, as we mentioned last week, to pray for our Christian leaders in particular. And I know how much that means to us as leaders in this church as well, that you pray for us. Some of you will remember a few years ago that we were praying for Pastor Andrew Brunson during his imprisonment in Turkey. And look how God answered those prayers. Paul, by asking for prayer, is not only the object of prayer, but gives the subject of prayer 
uh, a commentator puts it this way, his prayer was not for success, nor for deliverance from danger or suffering, but for boldness in proclaiming the gospel of God that was entrusted to him. Our prayer today needs to be that we would be emboldened to proclaim the gospel of God that has been entrusted to us, whether you use an M&M, a circle, a Bible, an invite to an alpha course, whatever it might be. God will give you that opportunity. Paul continues in verse 20, for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Again, this tells us that our prayers for others can be informed prayers. He's not only asking for prayer, but he's giving the details of what is going on. And often, rightly, so to pray for others, we, need, we don't need to know all the details. God knows them, right? But there's an opportunity to pray specifically when we ask for those details if they are uh, offered. And sometimes, when you hear those specific needs, you might be able to supply them or know somebody who can It's been suggested by some scholars that rather than wanting sympathy for the situation Paul is in, he may be desiring to inspire and encourage them, and even in his imprisonment, that he is receiving grace and that he could witness from where he was. Well, verses 21 and 22 continue to tell us these things. And how does that compare to our pattern of prayer? Are we asking for the opportunity to proclaim God or do we have a wish list of gifts for Christmas? We can all be involved and we all should be involved in prayer, private, relational and corporate. It's to be the basis of the unity that we experience at times, perhaps in in times that are more uncertain than they've ever been. Who knows what's coming in 2023? except for the Lord, and hopefully it's him that's coming, right? (laughs) Well, finally, Paul prays for the reader of the letter. Today, that is you, and that is me. This shows us that prayer is a source of fellowship, primarily with God, of course, but deliberately and by design with those around us. When you ask for prayer, therefore do not forget to pray for the one you've asked for prayer from. And never shy away from sharing a request with someone who asks you for prayer. The verses at the end there. Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Ultimately, the question has to be, do we believe in the power of prayer? One last story. It is Christmas after all. A tale is told about a small town that had historically been dry, but then a local businessman decided to build a tavern. A group of Christians from a local church were concerned and planned an all-night prayer meeting to ask God to intervene. It just so happened that shortly thereafter, lightning struck the bar and it burnt to the ground. The owner of the bar sued the church 
claiming that the prayers of the congregation were responsible. But the church hired a lawyer to argue in court that they were not responsible. The presiding judge, after his initial review of the case, stated that no matter how this case comes out, one thing is clear. The tavern owner believes in prayer and the Christians do not. (laughs) Paul relied on, practiced, and advocated prayer. Surely, then so should we. Now, we're getting to that point that I mentioned earlier in the message. And it's a suggestion. It is only a suggestion, but I wanted to give you an opportunity this morning. If you feel comfortable, if you would turn to a person nearby, and I'm gonna, we're going to give some little instrumental music for like a minute, right, while you do this, okay? So don't worry, people won't be hearing you. Um, and ask them how you can be praying for them this week, and then for them to do the same for you. Then you can silently pray for that need and then pray for it throughout the week to come. I would ask two things, however. If the person does not have a particular prayer request, that's okay. Perhaps just make a note of their name and just lift their name up throughout the week ahead. The Lord knows. If they do have a request, please keep that between you, them, and God. Keep it confidential. Okay, we're just going to give you about a minute to do that. So I'm going to model and come down as well. just remains for me to thank you all for being here and to lead us in a prayer together before our closing song. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you want to talk to us. You want us to talk to you. 
you love us so much that you gave us that avenue. And we can come directly into your presence because of Jesus Christ, because what he did on the cross. We thank you that we can pray not only for ourselves and those we know, but for those across the world that we will never meet, never know in person. But if we know a need, we pray for it and lift it up to you. Help us to be bold and to seek you each and every day. And especially as we enter into a new year, may that be a daily experience. We thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.